I thought that I would go deeper into spirituality. Perhaps I would feel better about myself. But my guru pointed out that because of your influence, I used to convert all teaching into criticisms. Namaste and welcome to the River of Wisdom podcast, a podcast that brings to you the ancient Vedic tradition, which reveals that you are pure being having a human experience. I'm your guide by the side, Swamini P. Let us flow, you and I, on the banks of the river of wisdom. Dear critic, I did not even know that you existed apart from me. Because you pretty much ruled my life, I never felt good about myself. You have always been peeping over my shoulder to tell me I am not good enough or I don't have enough. I must admit that in the earlier days, you did play a positive role. Because of you, I started to see limitations about myself and situations and I used it as an impetus to correct myself. I learned to be a high achiever as you were always there to keep me in check. You never let anything go to my head. You always pointed out what was wrong with me and I prided myself on being objective. But now, I am tired. I am exhausted hearing your voice. I don't want you to dominate me anymore. I see that I am the one who fed you and now you are ruling my life and have encroached over all my emotions. I thought that I would go deeper into spirituality. Perhaps I would feel better about myself. But my guru pointed out that because of your influence, I used to convert all teaching into criticisms. When my guru said, try to appreciate another person, do you know what I heard? You are not appreciative. When she said, you have made good effort, do you know what I heard? You are hopeless. Anything anyone says to me, I converted into a criticism because I was so afraid of being wrong. Before anyone else criticized me, I'd rather criticize myself and be done with it. But my dear critic, I am happy to say that slowly, slowly, things are changing. Because of my exposure to the Vedic tradition, I now understand that I am acceptable. There is a beautiful shloka in Sanskrit in the tradition which goes like this. Deho devalaya proktaha jiva deva sanatanaha tyajed agnyana nirmalayam soham bhavena pujayet. The first line of the shloka is very beautiful. Proktaha, meaning it is said that Deho devalayaha, the body is a temple. What? My out-of-shape aging body is a temple? Yes. Why? Because God lives in the temple. Do you know what the local address of Bhagavan is? It is you. You do not have to look upwards. What makes your body a temple 
is the presence of God inside you and pervading you. For how long has God been around? From beginningless time, Sanatanaha. But why don't I see this truth? Because of my thought patterns that are born of my ideas and conclusions about myself and the world. So what should I do? Tyajit, give up. Give up? Give up what? Agnyanam, meaning ignorance. Ignorance of what? Ignorance of the fact that you and God are one. Saha aham. But how do I give up this ignorance? Just like you dispose of the wilted flowers that are no longer needed in the temple. Nirmalayam are wilted flowers. So tyajit agnyana nirmalayam soham bhavena poojayet. May you do puja with a growing understanding that you and Bhagwan have always been one but not understood because of ignorance of oneself. And for the ignorance to go, you have to learn Vedanta. But before we go to that, this is something really worth dwelling on. That my entire body, which includes my mind, is a temple. What a vision. I'm not a sinner. I have not fallen from grace. In fact, I am sacred. If my body-mind is a temple, how can I resist it? If my body-mind is a temple, how can I negate it? If my body-mind is a temple, how can I take it for granted? Since my body-mind is a temple, it is sacred. Since my body-mind is a temple, it is worthy of appreciation and respect. Since my body-mind is a temple, it is worthy of all the effort that is required for it. In what way does Bhagwan dwell there? Well, the intelligence of the body and its many processes of respiration and digestion are given. They are a part of the laws and principles of the physiological order. Wherever there is intelligence, there is a conscious being called Bhagwan. My mind, the way I think and behave, have certain patterns due to the influences in my life. Patterns means some level of predictability, some sort of cause and effect. Wherever there is intelligence, there is a conscious being called Bhagavan. My behavior, which is sometimes pleasant and sometimes not so pleasant, are a part of the laws and principles of the psychological order which are deeply intelligent. This intelligence of cause and effect is because of the conscious being called Bhagavan. My emotions have a way of their own. My boss, my partner, and definitely my children can really press my buttons. I see the cause and effect of my emotions. This intelligence is indicative of the presence of a conscious being that is Bhagavan. The material for this body I have not created. 
nor have my parents created it. Sure, I came through them, but this body has come from the elements and it will return to the elements when I die. My body and my mind are a product of matter and the material cause of the same is indeed Bhagavan. The material cause for my entire body-mind is Bhagavan and the intelligence cause for my entire body-mind is also Bhagavan. Then, what does that make me? Just a trustee. A trustee of this body-mind so that it may fulfill its journey of discovering lasting fulfillment on earth. The body does not belong to me as I will be forced to leave it behind. The mind does not belong to me either because if it was truly mine, I would be able to control it. If I am just a trustee of this body-mind, I have no grounds to reject myself. I have no grounds to allow you as the critic to dominate my life. I see you as a part of a pattern. Earlier it seemed like you were a pattern in stone, that which could not be changed. And as I am exposed to this vision of myself, you are slowly becoming a pattern like in the sand. And in time, perhaps you will become a pattern in water. I don't need to worry about you, the critic, because now I have a vision of myself that my body-mind is a temple. In understanding that my body-mind is a temple, the patterns that seemed so entrenched are now loosening. In seeing you clearly, I am free from you and your power. Sure, I will listen to you from time to time as your role is to point out limitations. But you are no longer in charge of my life. I, the awareful person, is in charge and will take care. Goodbye, dear critic. And that is the end of that dialogue. P.S. The critic being the critic tried to hijack the dialogue many times. But now, this person would be able to handle the critic whenever it made an appearance. Why? Because she was finally free. She had found a truth, an abiding reality, an abiding presence of Bhagavan, an abiding peace that could not be shaken because indeed her body-mind was a temple. Om Shanti 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 You matter, your life matters, what you do with your life matters. Thanks for listening. If you found this episode helpful and you think it might benefit someone, I do hope you will consider sharing it. See you next week.